Thank you for listening to the Akuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, learning our purpose, and linking to our community. From wherever you are listening, welcome to the community. We hope you enjoy the message. Akuo, it is great to be with you once again, and I'm always so fired up to be involved in these conversations with you based on the word that God gave to us to live out this year, which is ready. And the idea behind that is that we are ready right now, as currently constructed, we are all ready to make an impact on this world. We are ready to listen to God, love people, learn our purpose, and link to our community, which are our four L's here in Akuo. Now, in this series that we are in, we've been taking a look at what a second nature looks like. How we can do all these things, all these four L's, by leaning on what Jesus has asked us to do, which is develop a second nature. We can develop the nature of Jesus, which I know you are ready for. You are ready to do things in your life to develop that second nature of Jesus. Now let me tell you about something that is not very much in line with the nature of Jesus. So I'm someone that thrives on what people tell me, right? I'm fueled by praise. So there have been so many times in my life that I will do something, like for instance, something around the house. Not because I wanted to necessarily, or because I thought it was the right thing to do, but because I wanted someone to say, hey, that looks great. Or man, thanks for cleaning that thing over there. Or, you know, anything at all. So when I get that praise, it's awesome. I enjoy it, and then I move on. Everything is good. But when it doesn't happen, I don't, when I don't get that praise or appreciation, it can hurt, I can get snippy, I can be a little bit of a jerk. Now, it's something I'm currently aware of and doing my best to work through, but it's definitely in my nature how I naturally move through this world to chase after these things. Now, what about you? Have you ever done something just to get the praise? Have you ever worked real hard for something only for the reward that you think will be at the end of it? Or maybe something like this. Have you ever gone and apologized to someone about something, but then got mad because they didn't apologize for the role that they played in that argument? Now, these situations aren't all like the worst things in the world, but they do reveal a lot about our nature and our motivations about what makes us want to do something. Like, are we motivated to do things for other people because it's the right thing to do? Or do we do them because of the status it'll give us or because of the way that they'll be able to repay us later? Because we want people to think that we're helpful. Because we want people to think that we're generous. Because we want people to think that we are holy. Maybe those are the reasons. Those are the reasons why you help someone. Well, in what we're going to be reading through today, Jesus is speaking directly to them. In Jesus' most famous sermon called the Sermon on the Mount, he covered a ton of things we needed to keep in mind. The most recent piece that we covered was generosity. Jesus challenged us to make sure that when you are generous, when you give these gifts in a way that your left hand doesn't know what your right hand is doing, to do it in secret. Well, he continues that same idea when it comes to prayer. Let's see what Jesus had to say about this. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, 
Go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father, who sees everything, will reward you. So he called us to give before, but in secret. In a way that others won't know, giving is a good thing, and so is prayer. But prayer in public, on the street corners, in the synagogues where everyone can see and hear them, he's saying that's not the way to go. Here's why Jesus is speaking to this. You see, the Pharisees, the religious leaders of their time, would regularly go out onto the streets in front of all the people to pray, to get the attention and to hold on to the power they'd been given because of their position within the Jewish church. These prayers had been turned away from a matter between a person and their God to a demonstration of their supposed righteousness. So their prayers were not directed at God, but rather to the other men and women in their community. Once again, Jesus goes back to talking about God the Father, reminding everyone that if you pray in private, that the Father will see that and reward you for it. Now what's important to note here is that Jesus is not condemning public prayer. What Jesus is condemning is public prayer in order to be seen and adored for it. Jesus, as he has been in the entire Sermon on the Mount, is not trying to change the outward behavior. He's trying to change the internal feelings and the actual emotions that we have. He wants us to develop that second nature that we've been talking about for the last few months. Let's continue to read on about what Jesus has to say about this. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. So Jesus is now looking at the rest of the non-Jewish people and how they would pray. You see, prayer with these other gods were not about a deep, loving, and caring relationship with the Father that us Christians get to experience in prayerful times. No, with a lot of pagan religions of that time, prayers were about trying to convince a God to do something for you. They would value someone that could pray for a long time and repeat the chants and the things over and over and over again because sometimes a God would just need to be worn down into moving on your behalf. So Jesus is telling us to not just go in circles and circles in prayer. We don't have to because we have a Father that knows exactly what we need before we even ask. Basically, we pray for the same reason that kids talk to their parents, right? To share problems, to spend time, to obtain help, and to express thankfulness. When it comes to prayer, Jesus laid out a few ways that we shouldn't be praying, right? He's been saying, don't do this and don't do that. But that just leads me to the question, well, then how do we pray? Well, Jesus explains that too. Let's see how he shows us how we should be praying. Pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, I'm sure in some way, shape, or form, a lot of you, have heard this or another translation of this before. It's known as the Lord's Prayer or the Model Prayer. In Timothy Keller's book, Prayer, Experiencing Awe and Intimacy with God, he theorizes this. The Lord's Prayer may be the single set of words spoken more often than any other in the history of the world. Jesus Christ gave us the key to unlock all the riches of prayer, yet it is an untapped resource because it is so familiar. So we have these two interesting sides of this. First, the, the, this prayer might be the most spoken set of words in the history of the world, which, if true, 
is absolutely amazing. What a great thing that this prayer, the way Jesus tells us to pray, has been spoken more times than anything else in the entire history of the world. Then on the other side is that we've heard it so many times over and over and over again. We've spoken it a bunch of times that it has lost all of its meaning. The world has spoken it so many times that it isn't anything more than what Jesus warned about. To be babbling on and on like the Gentiles, just trying to get words out. Really understand what you are saying. That's what we're trying to do. It isn't about how many times or how long you pray. It's about making an actual connection with God. Think about it like this. The house that I live in uh, here in this neighborhood is a little over a mile away from the train tracks. And when we first moved in, uh, there, you know, we would hear train whistles all the time during the day, and they would especially ca catch our attention at night while we were trying to go to sleep. But as time went on, we paid attention to it less and less. It didn't affect us anymore. As a matter of fact, now I'm surprised when I actually hear those trains. Now, how many of us have fallen into that same trap when it comes to using the amazing words that Jesus left for us to pray? He's giving us the best way to directly communicate with the creator of the universe. And some of us have all but forgotten about it. Some of us have just kind of brushed it aside. Now, as someone that grew up in the Catholic Church, this is a prayer that I've known for a majority of my life. And when I first learned it, I was happy to pray it. And it was kind of an exciting thing. However, as I got older, it became less of a way to communicate with God and more of a box that I would check off at the end of each day. It was almost like a superstition, a thing that I would pray before each day. But this prayer is so much more than something to just blindly memorize. This isn't a recipe. This is a style of cooking. Jesus is giving you the way to pray, not necessarily the exact words to pray. So let's dig a little deeper into this prayer that Jesus wanted to pray, and we'll go piece by piece. We'll start with our Father who is in heaven. So this is the opening statement by Jesus, and the first two words could be called scandalous in his day. There's a good chance that as Jesus said these first few words, there were like <gasps> audible gasps in the audience. Because in Jewish scripture, also known as the Old Testament, there are only 15 times where God is even called Father. And when it does happen, it's only used over the entire nation of Israel. Never before had God been called Father to an individual. And just in this chapter alone, Jesus calls God Father 10 times. And what Jesus is doing here is helping us understand the exact relationship that we have with God. Not only that, the fact that it is our father and not my father or that one dude's father shows that Jesus expected this to be prayed together as a whole community and not just alone. It's okay to pray alone, but not just alone. And that's why Jesus starts here. Understanding God as our father is crucial to how you do the rest of this prayer. The relationship to Jesus is telling us to have with God is one of family and not a transactional one. We shouldn't say, I'm praying now, and because of my prayers, God, I'm expecting you to give me what I'm asking for. Now, if that's how we think, we're trying to trade our prayers for blessings, which is what the pagans and the Gentiles were doing during Jesus' times. He told us not to do that. Also, who wants to trade a prayer for a blessing? That doesn't even make any sense, right? We should look at our relationship as a family matter. I'll put it like this. We all have that one person in our family. It could be our parents, an aunt, uncle, or cousin that we just 
don't get along with. They're always doing something to get on our nerves or break us down or embarrass us, but we still continue to have some level of relationship with them because they're our family. If they were anyone else, that relationship would be done right there. But because we are bound to them by a family relationship, they will be bound to us for the rest of our lives. That's the lens that Jesus wants us to view God through. We are bound to him forever. Except in this situation, we are the terrible, embarrassing cousin. We are the ones that deserve to be thrown away, and it's God that will continue to honor our bond because we are his children. Now here's the next phrase of, the, of this prayer. It's hallowed be thy name. Now at this point, Jesus is showing us that we need to fully understand who God is before we ask him for anything at all. At this point, we're basically exclaiming, let your name be holy. Which at first glance seems weird because how could God's name be anything but holy? But remember, this is a second nature thing, right? This isn't for him, it's for us. It's for us to continue to remember that God is holy and unblemished and awesome and we are not. This is a time to revere God, to respect him, to understand how great he is, to keep us in the right mindset while we are praying that he is up here and we are down here. Now let's continue on with the prayer. The next line is, your kingdom come. Now at this point, we're about halfway through the prayer and this is the, time, the first time that we've asked for anything. We haven't touched anything worldly yet at this point. It's still about our Father. And we can look at this part, this section, in two different ways. The first is that we are asking God right here to extend his power over every single part of our lives. We want his kingdom and in, in everything to be in every single facet of our being. We want to be a living example of God's kingdom, right? We want to be living in that. The second is this. We want his kingdom to literally come down from heaven, and we want him to permeate throughout the entire earth. Basically, we are asking for the world to cease existing the way that we know it, and we want it to be fully heaven. An old friend of mine would always say something like, man, I just can't wait for the day when Jesus comes back. That's the kind of world we are asking for God to create in this prayer, for the future and for today. Now, when that day comes, we believe that heaven will come down to earth and we will get the chance to hang out with God in this new place for the rest of eternity. There will be no more war. There will be no more pain, no sickness, no body odor, no more bad DC movies. Can I get an amen? Nothing bad will exist anymore. That's what we are asking for. Okay, let's keep it moving. The next thing that Jesus says is your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We want this to be God's world, doing what his will is. Before we ask anything else, we have to be in this right mindset. We have to know that his world and his will is better than anything we could dream up on our own. Also, we can trust Jesus when he encourages us to pray this, right? He's not a hypocrite in this because later in his life, before he sacrifices himself for us, Jesus is deep in prayer, so deep that he's just like sweating blood. And in this prayer, he knows he's going to have to give up his life for us. And But in anyways, he asks God, he's like, take it away. But in the end, Jesus says, it's your will that needs to be done and not mine. 
Jesus knows what it's like to feel what we feel, to live the lives on this earth like we do. He knows that this is the best way to pray. He knows you have been in this frame of mind before we get to any of the rest of this. He knows you have to be here before you continue. Let's keep going. The next part Jesus says is, give us this day our daily bread. Now this is the part where we start asking for things in our own lives, but not just anything. This is a prayer for our needs, not our greed. And I want you guys to take a note of this. The scripture here, what Jesus says here, it's not give us this day our daily surf and turf. Give us this day our daily Tesla. Or give us this day our daily 85-inch TV. No, this is about basic necessities. What we are asking is for him to give us what we need to survive. And that's it. Not only that, but we are allowing him to decide what we need. This actually reveals a lot about our own hearts. Are you asking for what you need in your life? Food, basic clothing, and God to be present. Or are you asking for the luxuries, the new car with the sunroof, the spinners, the helicopter, the, the whatever it is? In addition to all this, I think we also miss who we are praying for in this section. It's not just an individual prayer. We are saying to give us our daily bread. We're praying for multiple people. We're praying for everyone, our family, our friends, our community. If we are truly developing the nature of Jesus, we are praying for the daily needs of far more than just ourselves. And that idea continues in the next section. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Okay, so first off, this might seem a little weird they were talking about debts, but we have to understand the context. The word used for debts back then was interchangeable with the word sin. So this is a common synonym of their time, sin and debts. But the second half of this phrase is where I want to look at. Now this is not a transactional thing. This is in a situation where we are only forgiven what we forgive. Like I forgave 40 people 40 different things, so that means I'm going to get 40 things forgiven. No, that's not how it goes. Because when we believe in Jesus, we get ultimate forgiveness, ultimate grace, unlimited grace. So when this talks about us being forgiven the same way we forgive, once again, that's about us on the inside. You see, the forgiveness that we give out is a direct reflection on our felt need for forgiveness in our own lives. If we can't extend forgiveness for others when it comes time for us to accept forgiveness from Jesus, we might not be able to. If we walk around holding on to grudges and feuds with all the people in our lives, then we won't be able to accept the grace given to us when we mess up. And no matter how perfect you think you are, I gotta tell you, you're gonna mess up. Part of the way you're messing up is thinking you're perfect. So think about the exact, this exact verse when someone wrongs you. Don't start yelling, don't start making faces, don't start talk behind their back, and please don't jump onto social media and slam someone because you will get the grace from God later. And I want you to be able to receive that blessing, to receive that freedom, to be unburdened in that way. And we will need to be without as many burdens as possible because we have so much that we are up against in this world. Here's what Jesus spoke next. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now this is pretty straightforward, but it's interesting in the fact that 
two things are made clear here. First, that it's not God that is leading us into temptations. It'll either be our own actions that lead us there, or the second thing that's made clear is that there's evil in this world. Some translations will even say, deliver us from the evil one. Either way, Jesus is trying to get us to understand that there are forces that are working against us very regularly. So regularly that every time we have a conversation with God, we need to bring it up and ask him to protect us from it. Let me say that again. There are things trying to hold you back. And every time you talk with God, you talk with him about that. Now, the last thing to think about in this perfect prayer is the last three sections. The last three things we ask for are all connected with and. Give us our daily bread and. Forgive us our debts and. Lead us not into temptation. When Jesus does this, he is showing us that we need to be praying about all three of these equally. We cannot get along in this world. We cannot be living out our second nature, the nature of Jesus, without these three things. So when we are praying, it shouldn't be up in front of a huge group of people. It shouldn't be online to get the likes. No. We should be praying to make a connection with our Father. We should be sharing a prayer so his name will be glorified and not ours. And as soon as we are able to get over ourselves, as soon as we are able to push out our own agenda, as soon as we are able to lay our wills down, we will be a part of something so much better. Something that can actually change the world for the better. Now the first step to living a life like this, to stepping into God's family, becoming a son or daughter of this Father in heaven, is to believe Believe. Believe that Jesus is who he said he was. God walking this earth in human form. Believing that Jesus did what is recorded about him. That he led a life without sinning, sacrificed his life, then rose back to life and went back into heaven. If you believe that, then you can have full access to this family. To the blessings and inheritance that comes along with that. Now, if you've never believed, and you want to confirm your belief right now, or maybe take a moment to reconfirm your belief, I want to lead you in a conversation with Jesus, which we would call a prayer. Now, in this prayer, you'll just simply let him know. Let Jesus know that you trust him and you have faith in him. And I know that this is going to be a little weird or scary, so what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to ask the rest of the Akuo community to pray along with you. Because here at Akuo Church, no one ever has to pray alone. You always have a community there with you, We aren't going to leave you when things are tough, and we're definitely not going to leave you right as you're getting started. So if you want to confirm your belief in Jesus, just go ahead and say this. Just between you and him, just say something like this. Just say, Jesus, I believe. I believe in you and what you did here on this earth. Today, the best way I know how, I give you my life. Amen. So y'all, we are a kuo, which means to listen. So we want to make sure we're listening to God. We want to give you a few minutes to sit in the presence of God. And what we do is we will sit back and ask God a question and just have him answer it. Now, when we ask this question and listen, uh, you, you might hear from him. You might get a picture in your mind. You might hear a thought get spoken out of nowhere. Or maybe you'll actually get an audible voice. Sometimes, though, nothing happens. No matter what, we want you to sit in front of God and spend this time with him. Because the best ability that we can have when it comes to dealing with God is availability. 
Okay, so let's, let's ask this question. Just between you and Jesus, ask this. Just say, just ask Jesus, how can I make a real connection to you through prayer? I'll give you a couple minutes to listen, and I'll come back to close in prayer. Jesus, thank you for everything you've done for us. Thank you for the cross, for laying your life down for us. Thank you for becoming the perfect lamb for us. Jesus, please help us remember to not babble on when it comes to connecting with you. Jesus, help us actually sit down and spend time with you and our Father in heaven. Allow us to make connections to you and him in such ways that it actually changes the world around us. Help us see how we have the ultimate and Father in heaven alongside us every single day. Jesus, thank you for everything and we love you. And we pray all these things in your holy, holy, mighty, precious name. Amen. All right, before we go, let me have a few things that we have that I have to share with you that we have going on right now. Now, for the last few years, we've been a part of the Monticello Park Neighborhood Association 4th of July Parade, and this year, we will be doing the same thing. This is a time where families in the community come together to make some floats, walk around the pocket park here in the neighborhood, and, and what we do is we'll be handing out paletas and cold drinks and doing our best just to link to our community. Now, we would love for you to have you just join up with us and hang out and just be a part of it. Or if you would like to help us do some of the setup, we'd love for you to do that. We're gonna be setting up some tables and handing out paletas and drinks, and uh, we'll have some other things going on as well. Now, another way that we're gonna be linking to our community is through a partnership with Christian Assistance Ministry. We're helping kids that are in families uh, in need of school supplies for the upcoming year. Now, Cam will connect us with the student and we will adopt them and buy them a backpack filled with their school supplies. We will have a wide range of ages all the way from pre-K through high school. Now, we, at this moment, we don't have the exact names and ages yet, but we will have those names hopefully by next week. What we do right, know right now is that we will have 50 students that we are trying to bless for the next year. 
Now, each year we also make sure that Akuo grabs a handful of those bags as well, that we as a church take care of that. So I just want you to know that when you're generous here at Akuo, it goes towards things like that. Us reaching out to our community, linking to them, and serving them in the best way possible. We are doing our best to be like the early church that we see in the book of Acts, where everybody throws their resources in the middle, then the small group would make sure that the needy get what they're needed. So I, I get that. You guys don't always have access to all these different communities, all these different people, but we do as the church. And so we are going out there and helping people in the best way possible. So I want you to know that when you are generous at Akuo, you're not really generous to Akuo, you're being generous to your community through Akuo. Now, when it comes to giving here at Akuo, I want you to know I'm not hung up on the amount or the percentage. What I do want you to do is be listening to God about this. I want you to ask him, how much you should be giving, what level of generosity you'd be showing, you should be showing. And that little voice, that random thought, that's what you need to be doing. That's the amount that you should give here to Kuo Church. Now, if you aren't sure where to start, maybe you haven't heard from God yet, one of the many ways that you can express your generosity here to Kuo is through the biblical method of generosity called tithing, which means giving a first fruit 10% offering to the storehouse, which is your local church. That can be a place that you start. However, we don't want this to be a burden for you. What we want you to do is have this as a celebration of the relationship that you have with Jesus, right? We want you to be generous in a way that is honoring to God. Now, the celebration of giving might not be a possibility for you right now. Things might be really tough for you and your family, and that's okay if things are tough for you and your family. Because what we can do is we can actually help you out during this time. We want to be linked to you during your tough times. So if you need anything at all, please reach out to us. Or if you need know someone that needs some help, please let us know. To do that, all you have to do is go to our website, akuo.church, and click on the Contact Us link. You can also send an email to us at help at akuo.church, or you can call or text the church at 210-901-8785. Now, if you are willing to give here at Akuo Church, the way you can do that is by going to our website, akuo.church. When you get there, all you have to do is click on the giving link and follow the instructions. We also have our text to give option. For that, all you have to do is text AKUO, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you want to give to the number 77977. Now, if you don't want to give electronically, we also have our PO box available if you would like to send your gift through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail that check to AKUO at PO Box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. All right, so that's all that I have for you today. I just want you to know that I love and appreciate all of you, and we will be praying for you now and throughout the rest of the week. But before we go, I wanna pray with you in the way that Jesus showed us how to pray. This isn't me praying over you. This is us praying together. So I'll speak it out, and we're gonna try praying in this format. I'm gonna speak the, the words out, you speak it back, and then I'll add an extra line, okay? So with our heads bowed, let's open up that line of personal communication that God made for us. Let's have that one-on-one -on -one time with him that he wants so much, the one-on-one -on -one time with him that we need so badly. So just pray between you and him, our Father who is in heaven, heavenly dad who is always watching out for me. Hallowed be your name. Let your name be respected above every other name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, have your way with this earth and make it exactly like heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Father, give us everything that we need to serve you best. And forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. God, show us the grace 
that we show to others and allow us to accept that grace. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Father, help us. Protect us from all the things that are coming against us. Let us lean on you during these times. We thank you for everything, Father. We love you. We thank you for yourself. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your son. And we thank you for his love. We thank you for everything. And we pray all these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. All right, y'all. That's all that we have for you this week. We'll see you next time. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.